What up, what up? It's your boy H2O, and welcome to another edition of the New Balance Podcast. That's right, I'm your potential conditioner, and it's so good to be in the building with you. Yep, again, I know you see them. I'm squatted up again. We ride until the wheels fall off. New Balance Podcast, show some love for my sisters, Naila Harrison and Dr. Stacy Page. What up, sisters? Hello. How you doing? Man, I'm, I'm great, ladies. Um, I'm so um, excited and elated to be on with you. We've been doing a bunch of talking. <laughs> uh, well, I've been doing a bunch of talking. You guys have been <laughs> listening. I know I've been bumping my guns. Um, but I believe um, we've been talking with intentions and if something happens to me when I get around the two of you and we begin to talk about just our well-being and mental health, um, I'm definitely, all of us are champ, mental health champions and we all know um, of the great things that can come out of us just having better mental health and I just being a patient and a student of it myself, um, I'm just testifying that we, we need it, right? Um, I think about where my life would be if I hadn't have taken those steps. And, and I want to, for the record, know I just wasn't so brave that I went out on my own. It was a team that helped me, that stood with me, right? And um, sometimes you may need help. That's what this podcast is about. If you need some help, um, you need to push the nudge, uh, someone to, to come get you and help you. Hopefully, we're sharing some things this entire month of February, um, Black History Month. Um, listen, when we talk, you talk about Black history and you can't talk about mental health, something's wrong. If you do any studying as it relates to Black history, we need a whole bunch of mental health. Um, just the things that we've endured, the things we've been through and we continue to go through, it has a way of weighing on us in ways that we can't even begin to imagine. And then think of this. It's been happening for generations, not decades, but for generations. So with that said, um, I don't want to belabor the point. You get it. We, we're on here for that. And um, let's catch up with the ladies. Let's see what's been going on with them. Talk to me, ladies. How you guys you guys doing on today? Doing good. Can't complain. Just blessed to have the opportunity to be on the platform with you. Um, to be able to educate people about the impacts of mental health and how they might be playing tricks on them. Oh my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and I'm uh, doing good um, as well. Happy to be back. Um, happy to share, of course. Uh, mental health is, you know, near and dear to my heart. So I'm always happy when I do have, you know, the opportunity to, you know, talk to other people about mental health and hopefully, you know, I'll be able to say something that will inspire, you know, motivate them, encourage them and just educate them when it comes to mental health and their well-being. Man, absolutely. You you guys have been doing that all month. You have definitely been inspiring, helping us think differently, helping us be encouraged about mental health. And I want to throw this in. Uh, Stacy and I are from the same hometown and, um, you know, I made the comment about, you know, um, it being Black History Month and understanding um, how um, African-Americans, we need mental health. When you just talk about just slavery in itself, just that. I don't want to talk about any other things. So 
Stacy and I come from an area. We we come from a part uh, of Texas where you know when you talk about Black history, there's a lot of it there. But when you think about all of the things, the history of our area, Stacy, and things that are needed, we need some mental health just based off of the history of where we come from, right? Um, and you know, for us to be able to be on. <laughs> both on, a, on here championing and advocating for mental health. I think that's incredible. I really do. Not that anybody else hasn't or, you know, uh, won't, but it's just to me, when I think about how this whole thing came together, you know, I never would have thought back in, I know I'm dating myself when I say this, but back in 1988, 1989, you know, that we would be doing future, you know, we were teammates back then, you know, because of where we were from and the school we went to. But now we're on a different team championing something um, that the whole world, not just African-Americans and, you know, talking about black history, but the whole world is suffering from. So when I thought about that, I thought that was pretty cool. Right. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's you just never know what your future holds. I mean, you know, you have plans when you're 18, like, oh, I got this thing figured out loud. Right. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, but uh, God had other plans. And I'm so glad how. He has a way of weaving our lives together for a greater purpose. And mm-hmm. obviously, my, I call her my little sister, you know, Naila, man, just, you know, even from the area, she and I live in the same area now. And it ain't even enough time on it to talk about just the mental health issues that we have going on in our community um, that we see lived out before us every single day. So, um, as I stated, and I probably overstated it, we're all passionate about mental health. And today, this episode, unfortunately, um, for this month, this is the last episode for the month. But trust me, um, the ladies that's riding with me, we, we're all in agreement that we want to do something else. Hopefully, before this year is over and, and all things being equal, we'll be able to come together and give you guys some more as it relates to mental health. So we're going to make this one a good one, man, since this is our last episode. Today, I'm not giving you guys any review. I need you, listen, I need you to go out, watch episodes one through three, and, you know, you're watching this one, obviously, but listen, there's plenty of places to watch this. Listen, listen, we're on YouTube, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, I don't know if I've said that, but it's everywhere, right? If you follow me, I have the places out there and I get it. You may not be able to sit down and watch this, uh, the, the visual part of it, but hey, if, you, if you're working out, if you're running, you know, you may be whatever, cleaning the house. Look, go to the podcast channel, the New Balance podcast, put it on. We're giving some quality content and I think you'll be blessed by it. With that said, today we're jumping in and today we want to focus on physical ill health, and we want to focus in on abuse and trauma. Absolutely. As it relates to mental health, we see the fallout of this every day. And when you've spent some time um, working with mental health, as all three of us have, um, there are indicators. We've been talking about that every episode. There are indicators. And when we see the indicators that we're seeing in our families and in our communities, we cannot just turn our heads and pretend it's not there. We have to address it. So today I thought it'd be cool. Not cool. That's not a good word. Today I thought it'd be a great opportunity to hear from 
our panelists, you know, uh, our doctor, our clinician, um, this whole month, man, they have been helping us get our lives together and it's not going to be any different today. So ladies, when we talk about physical ill health and abuse and trauma, what stands out to you when you hear those phrases or when you hear those words? So what stands out to me when you talk about, you know, physical ill health is one, just the connection between our mental health and our physical health, because there is a connection. So um, there is a whole brain body connection. So our brain, that's our, you know, computer. So, you know, if you have a laptop, you know, that you have, you know, the CPU, it's basically the brains of the computer, you know, it makes everything work, you know, the software, everything else. So when it comes to us, our brains is that way. Okay. So our brain is controlling everything else in our body from what you're thinking to your breathing, to your lungs, to your kidneys, to your nerves, your hands, your feet, all that, your brain is controlling it. Now, a lot of people are like, well, how does this little, small, three-pound brain do all of that? Well, you got all these different lobes up there, you know, and in those different lobes, you have all those different functions. You got one for thinking, you got one for hearing, you got one for seeing, for eating, all that stuff, moving around, picking up stuff. And so there is a whole brain-body connection. When it comes to mental health, a lot of people don't know that they're dealing with a mental health issue. You know, that's the cause of their underlying problem. They feel it physically first. So for example, when I get stressed out, I feel all that stress. So I get tense. Typically, I'm going to feel it, you know, like in my shoulders and my back. So that lets me know, okay, I'm stressed out. I'm carrying too much stress. So I need to sit down and process this and do, you know, I'm a little self man, uh, stress management stuff and do all my self-care to release, you know, that stress. So I don't, I don't end up being anxious. Okay. And everybody gets anxiety. 99.9% of us get anxiety. Um, so typically we're going to feel it in our bodies first. Okay. So whether it's just, you know, being tense, you know, not able to just fully relax. Okay. Um, another thing is just having like stomach issues, uh, maybe digestive issues, like can't eat, can't sleep, um, things like that. So I always tell people, when it comes to mental health, you know, number one, have really good coping skills, you know, to deal with the stress, because we do go through a lot of stress every day, just from the minor stuff, like taking care of the kids, you know, to going to work, to dealing with traffic, you know, then you throw in all the other stuff right now, like the pandemic, you probably thought it was going to be over, but it's not, you know, now we got the new variant out, you know, and it's wreaking havoc. So I do tell people, you don't know, have those good coping skills. So you're, you know, coping with the stress. And it's not just piling on to where one day, you know, you do start having the issues. But if you are aware of your body, you know what's, you know, normal for you and you know what's not. So when you have the can't eat, you know, can't sleep, maybe your mind, you know, is racing. You got a lot of thoughts and stuff going on. Uh, maybe you're not, you know, able to eat. When you do, you're not, you know, feeling well. Um, just notice any of those types of behaviors because typically underlying that is just, you know, stress and you got too much on you. So that's just my thoughts on that whole, you know, physical illness, because um, a lot of times, again, we are going to basically um, have all the mental health issues. They do show up in the physical health issues first. Um, and then it can, of course, you know, if you don't get it taken care of, it can lead to the strokes. It can lead, you know, to heart attacks and things like that. All of that is just us coming you know, from being, um, having too much stress on us, having too much pressure, and we haven't, you know, coped with that very well. Wonderful, wonderful, great. 
great response. So she touched on most of the physical things that you experience. And I want to touch on more of the chronic diseases that can surface from it, um, such as diabetes, asthma, cancer, cardiovascular disease, arthritis, schizophrenia. Um, you have a higher risk of heart and respiratory diseases if you do struggle with mental health issues. There's also an increased mortality rate from cancer and heart disease, um, and it's higher with depression and other mental illnesses as well. Um, if you smoke, <laughs> and a lot of people don't realize, a lot of people with mental health issues, they smoke cigarettes, um, but you're likely to do it more. And when you are depressed, you have lower levels of dopamine and dopamine influences the positive feelings in your brain. Like Dr. Page was talking about how everything is connected. So the nicotine in the cigarettes, it triggers the production of the chemical dopamine, which is why smoking is used to relieve depression by a lot of people who smoke. So I know a lot of times we're judgmental when we see people smoke and we call them cancer sticks. I'm one of them. Um, so that's why people smoke the way they do, because they're using that as a coping, a coping mechanism, not even realizing that it increases the dopamine in their brain to make them feel happy because they feel like they can't get that feeling from anywhere else um, unless they're, you know, doing other healthy coping skills. Psoriasis is even linked to it. Psoriasis is linked to depression. It's associated with acute stress and depression. So that can cause psoriasis. A lot of us don't realize that. We just assume people have these things going on because of other, other reasons. Things you can do to help alleviate the effects of mental illness and free healthy coping is exercise. I love kickboxing. If I don't get in three days a week, I have anxiety. Okay, I'm just gonna be real. Kickboxing helps me. Kickboxing and high intensity interval training. Any form of exercise, even if you walk 30 minutes a day, even if you do dynamic stretching, you do yoga, all of those things can assist you with helping with your mental health. Having a healthy diet, just eating right, eating three times a day. I have clients who I do a plan with them. When they get depressed, they don't want to eat. So I say, okay, let's agree to eating two meals a day. Let's eat breakfast and let's eat lunch or dinner. So you got to start somewhere. You can't always start with three meals a day. So you got to start somewhere. Avoiding drugs and alcohol. A lot of times, recreationally, we use drugs and alcohol. But then what you don't notice is when you're depressed, it increases. And that's something that you rely on to cope every day. So you may have people who are drinking as soon as they wake up. They're smoking marijuana as soon as they wake up. And every few hours, they have to recharge and they're doing that all day long. Marijuana increases anxiety. Most people don't realize it. And I educate people about it and they get mad, but it's true. Right, Dr. Page? Doesn't it right. increase anxiety? You know, yeah. The doctor told you. It increases it's anxiety. True. <laughs> Take her word for it. <laughs> exactly. Um, sleep, getting enough sleep. I know people who sleep two to three hours a day. I wouldn't be able to make it. I would be angry all day. So six to eight, see, that's not going to work, Harry. You need six to eight hours of sleep. Six I, told eight. I told y'all the other day, I'm, I'm in the doghouse. I'm, I'm hoping to get out this weekend. I'm going to leave it right there. I'm going to send a text. You need, a, you need an extra two weeks. 
you need about another two weeks and dog <laughs> to get you that right. Other relaxation techniques help as well, such as meditation. Um, I love yoga nidra. I put in yoga nidra by Lizzie Hill on YouTube. She has a 20 minute guided meditation and yoga nidra is good for you because I think 20 minutes of yoga nidra is equivalent to three hours of sleep. So for those of you who have trouble sleeping, it helps you sleep. It helps you get the rest that you need. So that knocks out two things, right? Having positive emotions, like getting rid of that negative self-talk. You have to challenge the negative thoughts with positive talk thoughts. If you don't have evidence to support the negative thoughts, throw them out the window and let's talk about the positive things that you can support. Um, and having a healthy support system, family, friends, sometimes you have to create your own family unit. I consider Dr. Pastor Harry and Dr. Page my family now. So sometimes you have to create a, a positive support system with people who are encouraging you and motivating you and who are equally yoked because your family is not always on the same page. Mm. So those are just a few things that you can do to assist. Wow. Incredible. Incredible. Physical ill health. Now watch this, ladies. I wanted you guys to talk about it first, and then I wanted to come back because I tell you we're workers together. Like God has a prescription for us, right? Okay. And so um, he, he, he's all about us prospering. It, scripture tells us, you know, he wants us to prosper in health, uh, mental, physically, uh, in life. He wants us to prosper. Now watch this. This, this scripture comes out of Proverbs 15 and 13. All those things you talked about, I'm going to point them out in this one scripture. It says, a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. So in that one scripture, the things you guys were talking about, you can see suffering. It come, it's in that scripture. Disappointment. Out of that scripture. Shameful. In the scripture. Neglect or neglected. In the scripture. Regret. Guilt. There are so many others. So it's a direct result. God already knew. He designed us. He designed this body, right? We're, we're tri-type, part being. What do I mean? There are three parts to us. Like we live in a body. We need a body to live in the earth, right? So you have to have a body to function in. He created this body. In the body, we have a spirit, right? That's the part of us. That's like God, right? And then we have a soul, our mind, our will, our intellect, the mental. Three, three parts of it. So think about this, when this, this body, because hold on, let me say this too. You only get one body. We're not going to get another one. We're not RoboCop. Uh, we're not Transformers. You know, we're not Optimus Prime. You know, they, no, no, no. You get one of these, right? So you have to put forth your best effort to, to take care of it. The scripture says it this way. This is a temple, Right. It's like, oh, here we go with the Bible study. No, it's not the Bible study. It's God's word. If you're his child, he's giving you a prescription, right? He, he's giving you the manual for how to take care of it. If you drive a Honda, trust me, you do not take the Honda to the BMW dealership, right? Even though it's a car like a BMW, it's specific to the manufacturer. So the, you, we have to go back to the manufacturer. And then this is the other part. We talked about it. Throughout, he's given us doctors. He's given us uh, he's given us science, medicine, those things in earth to help us, right? 
And so when you guys, um, you know, you're very, I like the both of you guys are <laughs> real cool, calm, collective, but I want to piggyback on what Naila said. You know, they both gave it examples. Like Dr. Page said, when she feel that stress, she gonna feel it like in my shoulders, in my back. That's an indicator that, hold on, hold on, hold on. Weight management, weight management, weight management, weight management's out of kilter. I need to get it back into kilter, right? Naila said, look, it's a bag I have. I kicked that joker three days out the week. I beat the <laughs> living out that bag. I need the bag. If I don't get that bag, I'm going to have to find somebody to kick it. I'm just Joshua. She ain't going to beat up nobody. But my point is this. Like, if she doesn't get to have that, I call those releases, right? You know, we already understand endorphins, right? It's in, endorphins are very, very important to us, right? We need to laugh and enjoy and release those. It's, it's shown clinically, scientifically, that when we do that, we're better. Thought process, functions is better. So if you have these indicators, and you've been hearing us talk about all these indicators, do not ignore them. And then I want to say this and we'll move on. It says nearly one in three people with long-term physical uh, health condition is related directly to mental health. One, think about that. It's three of us. One of us <laughs> per this. I just want to show you how real it is. Per this, um, this stat, one of us out the three of us got it. So when you, when you look, okay, it's me, right? I'm not, I can't worry about my neighbor and this, that person. Okay, I'm going to put me under the microscope. And then what I'm going to do, I'm going to fine tune and look at the things that it shows me. It's incredible. If you ever, I remember in school, I remember when you put stuff under that, that microscope, how it would just, it would just really zero in on those things when you fine tune the lens and it was no denying it. It's like, oh my God, look at these cells. The naked eye can't see it. And for some of us, the naked eye can't really see all of these things that are, that are uh, connected to our mental well-being. But when you have a podcast and you have people on like my guests, my panel, they help us magnify. So as you're hearing the things that you're magnifying, I need you to work on them. We need you to work on them lady before ladies before we move on um is there anything else you want to add to the the physical health there's one little thing i want to add to that to the physical health before i turn it over to you is um another thing that can attribute to that is when you have a lack of support to change those unhealthy behaviors I, I wanna I don't want to pretend that um, you know everything is all flowers in the field and the wind was just right. And I get that. We understand life. But I do understand as Naila, she said it. She set it up so beautifully. She said, you're gonna have to, if you don't have, you have to create these communities. And she told me and Stacy live on the podcast, we're part of her community. It's encouraging to her. It strengthens her. So that she tells me that. So now the relationship we had before, now it has a different meaning to it. So now I'm a part of, she told me I'm a part of her community. So now I have a, I have a responsibility to be a certain support to her. So when I call her, 
we may talk about whatever, but part of the conversation, like, hey, how you, how's this week going? Um, how many times you've been kicked that bag? You're kicking that bag, right? We don't, we don't want you to stop kicking that bag, right? I'm just, that's an example, but that's what it looks like. So ladies, I'll, I'll be quiet. I'll let you jump in. I, I think that's really important um, to have. And it is important for us to have a really strong support system um, because as humans, we are designed for relationships. That's how God created us. He didn't want Mm -hmm. us to be out there on the island alone, trying to deal with everything by ourselves. So, you know, that's why he does, you know, give us, you know, family, you know, he does give us friends, you know, he brings other people um, into our lives. He connects us with those people. So we have, you know, those sources of support. So we have people there to, you know, encourage us, you know, and strengthen us, you know, somebody we can lean on because life does get hard. Um, And so when it comes to your support system, I mean, it can be your family. Now, of course, yes, you got to pick and choose because you don't want anybody unhealthy um, in your support system. You know, so, you know, make sure you have, you know, healthy people there. Um, There are people that ask me all the time, you know, they're like, well, I got family, you know, but some of them, you know, they're not healthy. They're not in a good place. They got their own issues. Well, guess what? (laughs) You might need to love them from afar. Um, But if it's somebody, you know, that, you know, stresses you out, you know, when they come around, you know, you immediately feel that anxiety kicking in as somebody that you don't need to be, you know, connected to family or not. Um, I have very close friends. They are like my sisters. I'm closer to some of them than my own biological sisters. We're just not blood related. So all the time, you know, it's not your biological family. It can be somebody, you know, that you do consider a brother or sister. Y'all just don't share, you know, the same blood or, you know, the same parents. Um, it may be, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe a coworker, you know, somebody, uh, you know, that you're really, you know, close to there. Uh, could be a church member, you know, could be um, somebody else in your circle of influence. But it is good just to have people in your social support system that you can lean and depend on. And I think it's important to realize that sometimes you have to look at your support system and determine whether or not adjustments need to be made. Because sometimes you have to set boundaries. You have to set boundaries with family, you have to set boundaries with friends. Because when you're growing, sometimes you realize people aren't supposed to be there for a season. Some people are not supposed to be there all the time because sometimes you can outgrow some of those people. So I think it's important to look at that as well. Dr. Page touched on all the different people you can have in your support system. I have coworkers from years ago that I worked with and they're part of my support system. And there are people who I don't talk to who may reach out to me occasionally And I met them like 15 years ago, but we can always pick up right where we left off because we're equally yoked. And I think it's important to realize when you're equally yoked with someone and when you're not. Like-minded people typically flock together. What, birds of a feather flock together? That's saying? So Mm -hmm. you don't want people with you who are not trying to do the same things that you're trying to do, who are not, who don't have a growth mindset, who don't realize change is the only constant right? And who aren't positive because those negative thoughts that they have could seep into your thoughts. And that's not what you want. So you want people who are going to empower, encourage, and support and uplift you and who are going to push you, who are going to push you to be better, who are going to push you to be more, and who are going to push you to be greater because that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. That's good, ladies. That is some good stuff. Um, we are... 
just making up in our minds, I'm committed to my mental health. I'm taking the responsibility and I'm not going to play the blame game anymore on anybody else, right? Whether, whether it was, you know, their fault or not. Today, I'm looking at where I am and I'm taking full responsibility and all of those things you guys are talking about, I'm gonna I'm gonna make me a list, um, and I'm gonna get to work on it. Right? We just that's part of just having good mental health in itself. Having great mental health is being able to look at a thing, no matter how painful it is. It's just making a decision that I don't want those results anymore. I want some new results, and that's just starting you know, that's going to be a better mental health for you, right? And like I said, it's painful. Yes, it is. We're talking about mental health. It's, it's um, many times you end up having to, to pull those keys out, take those locks off of areas that you locked up and you swore you would never unlock. But you're going to have to do it um, because we want you to have that um, that abundant life, not just part of it, but the whole abundant life. And so, um your physical, we got to do better, right? And they talked about it, you know, eating, exercising, just a good mental, all those things. I want you to do it in 2022, right? Um, I'm, I'm not against New Year's resolutions. I'm not against those at all. But whatever you call it, let's make up our minds that we're going to do it and stick to it. Now, this, this last two, um, it can be a little touchy um, when you start talking about abuse and trauma. And uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because what I'm about to say is, oh, God. But, uh, you know, my family, friends, close friends know I grew up, I got my fair share of whoopings, right? I was like, you know, if your eyes open in the morning, most likely I was going to get a whooping that day because I was just <laughs> very, <laughs> I was, uh, I was, I stayed into a lot of things, right? I just, my mind. So we're talking about mental health. My, I didn't see that's what and I'm saying. It's funny because sometimes you got to laugh. You have to laugh it. But <laughs> even though I had some challenges growing up, one challenge I did not have is God gave me a creative mind, right? My mind is very creative. And so that creativity caused me um, to get into some things, right? And so when I talk about a, abuse, and I talk about trauma, I want to be careful not to blur the lines. Now, I do know um, there is a real thing of abuse and trauma, but I want to give um, some clarity to it. Um, in my opinion, and I can give it, this is my podcast, so I can give it. We do live in a day where there are a lot of things being um, named abuse and trauma, and they're not abuse and they're not trauma. What do I mean? I preface it by saying this. I opened up by saying I, I got a lot of whoopings growing up. Those whoopings were warranted because I was doing things um, and there was a violation. And so um, because God said it's better, I use better child. My family understood they was going to do it God's way. So it was like, we're going, OK, some of that behavior, we're going to give you a whooping. Right. That's what God says. And I'm going to be honest with you. Some of the things I I received a whooping about if I didn't get the whooping, man, there's no telling I would have what I would have tried when I was older. Right. So those whoopings were um, saving for me. Where am I going with this? 
there is there is uh, a a I don't want to say genre, but there is a mindset as it relates to abuse and trauma that if you um, whoop kids, it's abuse and it's trauma. And we're not talking about that, even though it's a separate conversation. But I do want parents to understand the difference between the two, right? Nobody was abusing me and traumatizing me when I I received those whoopings growing up. No. You know, it's it's a total difference. And so when you talk about the subject, I know it's touchy and I know that um, there's a lot of convo around it. There are even laws that are passed, right? And all you have to, if you don't believe me, all you have to do is just talk to maybe a CPS worker. They can go more in detail about it. The abuse and trauma that we're talking about um, is directly related to mental health. So a lot of times ADHD gets a bad rap in terms of mental health. So if you have a kid, because I was that kid, and that's why I'm going here. You have a kid that's very, very active. They just seem to can't sit still, and they seem that they just, they're going to find themselves off into trouble. I would encourage you to have them go to a doctor and have them checked out. It's a great chance that they may be dealing with ADHD, right? Um, I was, didn't know it. Family didn't know it. You guys have heard this term. Oh, man, he's a bad kid. Ain't mean any harm. He's just bad. It wasn't my fault I couldn't sit still. They told me to sit still, but whatever was going on in my mind, I was like, I'm not sitting still. I got to do something. Sit still. My sister turned her head on my thump in the back of the head. Pretend I didn't do it. If they leave the house, stay, you know, all of those type of things. So, if you have that in your house, if you're not careful, you could be told to whoop it out of them. And this is not a whooping it out of them type thing. And I want to be the one to talk about it because I've been on both sides of the ledger, right? And so no knock on my parents, no knock on those who disciplined me growing up. Trust me, those whoopings were warranted. If you break your grandmother's um, heirloom vase, you need to get a whooping for that, especially if she told you no throwing the baseball inside the house. Um, I know in the black community, you're getting a whooping. You're not going to timeout. You may go to timeout, but you're going to go there with some um, something on the backside. I'm just saying, right? And I think this is good for us to have these conversations so we can hear both sides. Unfortunately, we've just heard only one side of the spectrum. That's not what this is. I'm not here to bash anybody in that. But as it relates to mental health, we just... It needs to be broadened. And so I'm, I'm going to say this last thing, and then we'll hear from the doctor. We'll hear from our clit. Our, our clit our, um, oh, Lord, I forgot her, the title. Uh, she's she's the Yoda. No, she's Yoda. She's Yoda. She has the wisdom. <laughs> I'm not calling her Yoda, but she's, she's our Yoda on this podcast. She's going to give us the wisdom. So as a parent or a guardian, I just want you to think now, when you see the indicators in your child, okay, that's it, right? Nothing deep. I want you to just stop because depending on your upbringing, we know there are families who don't really believe in disciplining children that way. Then there are families who do believe in it. Whichever way, I'm not trying to get into that. 
we're trying to help. We want to give you some tools to help you identify some things in your family. And what, what I'm saying is you could be possibly disciplining a kid, right, who needs other help. And if you're not careful, it could be, it could turn into abuse and trauma to the kid, right? And so from that angle point, based off of what I said, Dr. Page, Dr. Harrison, talk to me, give me, give me some, put some more, put some more uh, food on this plate to make this um, stick. Because I know this is a serious problem in our families. It's in our community. And I feel, just my feelings about it, sometimes they all get swept in together. And I don't think it's fair to the child or it's fair to the parents. So if you guys could talk, I really want to spend the rest of our time talking about this particular thing. So there is a distinction between discipline and abuse. Um, mm-hmm. We know that when it comes to <clears throat> um, trauma, a lot of trauma does come from abuse. So as far as you know, what parents can actually do is one, yes, children do need to be disciplined. No, children have to be taught. They need to learn that, yes, you make choices, but there is going to be a consequence depending on what your choice is. So um, you can make the good choices, you know, and you're going to get the good stuff. You're going to get the good consequences. Or if you make, you know, the bad choice, then you're going to get, you know, the bad consequences. So children do need to be taught that. But when it comes to discipline, yes, uh, discipline your children, find a way to discipline them, um, whether it's through, you know, time out, maybe putting them, you know, in time out for, you know, certain period of time. Now, if you're leaving them in there, you know, three, four hours, guess what? <laughs> it's too long. It's not going to work after a while. Joke, listen, those jokers getting so smart in time out. <laughs> right. <laughs> They so mastermind yeah, when they come like, out. Yeah. You know, like, go to time out. Go to your room. Yeah, Who they mastermind when they, they come their out. Phone, their iPad, they got everything in there. So they're like, I'm great. I'm going to my room. Um, so again, you know, time out. Um, at some point in time, yeah, time out is just, you know, not going to work. Typically works, you know, for the small kids, but the older they get, time out just really doesn't work. Um, another thing is, as far as, you know, um, spankings. Now, I grew up getting spankings, you know, and be like oh yeah my parents you know spanked me definitely um of course you know they knew how you know far to go to where you know it wasn't any abuse but yes I did get spanked and I would say if they didn't you know give me the discipline you know the time out you know the spankings taking my allowance you know making me do extra chores I would probably not be as disciplined as I am right now um, I probably wouldn't have like any type of boundaries. I'd probably just be out there running wild because I didn't have any discipline or structure. Kids need discipline and structure. And <clears throat> I, you know, do encourage people, you know, give children that. I mean, I have nieces and nephews. And so we are always sure to give them, you know, the discipline and the structure they need because we're like, you're not going to always be a child and you got to learn how to, you know, act out there in society. When you're away from home, you got to know how to act right? Because if you're acting up at the house and guess what? It's no consequences. What are you going to do when you get out in public? You're going to do the same thing, but guess what? It's rules and laws out there. So in the public, no, you know, they're not going to, you know, put up with that type of stuff. So when it comes to parents, um, when it comes to a child's behavior, so like Harry, you talked about having ADHD and people probably just thinking, oh, he's a bad kid. 
not knowing you had ADHD and you had all this energy and you had, you needed to find something to do with that energy. Um, you know, not to mention, you know, it, um, ADHD, you know, it affects, you know, your thinking, your mind is going a mile a minute, you know, it's all over the place. Your mom is probably like, clean up your room, you know, and you're like, where do I start? You know, then she's like, well, go over here, you know, and do this, go outside and do that. And you're trying to just figure it all out, you know? Um, so parents, you know, one just need, you know, to know their children's behaviors. And if they're telling their child, no, you can't do this. No, you can't have that. And the child is saying, well, why not? You know, whatever. There's something more to that. That's usually not a child, child just being defiant because they want to. They're usually doing that because again, there's something wrong there. I know I used to hear people, you know, saying a lot, well, I'm gonna beat it out of them. No, you're not gonna beat that out of them. Okay. Um, because if you, you know, beat somebody. That's not funny. Uh, Y'all heard me laugh. I, I need to say that. It's not funny in terms of that, but I'm thinking of thoughts of just things you've heard. I mean, it's, I can laugh at it now. I'm in a, trust me, in a, a great place, but it's like, we have to, we have to really sit down, you know, uh, I'm going to say this and I'll give it back to you. When you said that, um, I thought about an episode of Birdie Mac. I'm sorry. I, it just popped into my mind. So forgive me, guys. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dr. Page. I mean, but yeah, I mean, you know, I grew up hearing that, you know, parents saying, well, I'm going to get out of, you know, stuff like that. And I'm like, <clears throat> you know, the child, you know, has an issue. So no, you're not, you know, going to beat it out of them. So what you need to do is take that child to get an evaluation. I mean, you can just take yeah. them to their and say, well, hey, you know, I've noticed that, you know, I'm telling my child to do something and they can take two steps and turn around and be like, oh, what did you tell me to do? Okay. <clears throat> so, you know, you know, something's going on or I'm, you know, telling them to stop, you know, and they're still doing stuff. So you can even just take them again to regular PCP, you know, they can check them out, you know, just to see maybe if it's, you know, maybe something physically going on, you know, with that child. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, they can always go from there, you know, if they need to maybe go to, you know, a psychiatrist, you know, or somebody, you know, that can, you know, uh, check them, you know, evaluate them, you know, for ADHD, things like that, they can actually see. Even just depression. I mean, when it comes to kids and depression, you will see some children, they're going to internalize it, you know, so, you know, they're the kids that, you know, isolate, you know, want to be alone, stuff like that. Um, and then you see those kids where they're acting it out. You no, know, they're fighting, you know, they're out here trying to set the dog on fire, you know, whatever, trying to break the cat's legs, you know, burning up the bathroom, all of that stuff. It's like, y'all, those are red flags that something more is going on because that's abnormal behavior. So when you see something, you know, that's abnormal or out of the normal, out of the ordinary, those are your red flags that something else is going on. So I do suggest, you know, take your child to get an evaluation because there's something going on there. And they're like, well, I spanked them and I did this and I did that. I'm like, that's not going to help them. Okay. What's going to help is for you to take an evaluation to see why are they having that type of behavior? Why do they have, you know, the acting out issues? And I mean, ADHD is very common, especially in boys. Okay. I have worked, you know, with boys for a number of years and I will say, probably about 80% of those boys had ADHD. That explained their behavior, okay? And a lot of people are like, well, boys are just boys. And I'm like, no, y'all. Um, <clears throat> ADHD is high in that, you know, population. So I'm like, some of these boys, I'm like, you know, they're not doing the stuff because they want to. I'm like, it's the ADHD. They're trying to find some way, you know, to deal with it, you know, and get it out. <clears throat> so they, you know, may need to, you know, be evaluated, you know, to see if, they need help, you know, as far as, you know, decision-making skills, coping skills, and even just, you know, the medication if it's needed. 
So for me, I say, yeah, definitely. If you're noticing something, you know, abnormal with your child or just, you know, these consistent behaviors, you know, that aren't improving, you know, if you are disciplining your child, then definitely take them for an eval. And that's great. That's a great response. Um, wisdom philosopher. Dr. Page covered the majority information. <laughs> you froze up a little bit, um, Harry, if you said something, we didn't hear it. No, no, so, no. I didn't I didn't say anything. I was teasing you. Go right ahead, sis. Okay. Okay. So um Dr. Page did talk about a lot of it. What I do want to touch on is she mentioned that if you notice your child is having symptoms, take them in. That means you have to actually pay attention to what's going on with your child. And you have to actually listen to what the teachers or the child care providers are saying. A lot of the behaviors that children have. Um, will let us know if there's something wrong. So like she said, take your child to get evaluated. I do want to touch on some of the unhealthy things that we do as far as um, abuse-related trauma is concerned. Um, Harry had already mentioned that you can look at CPS to determine what it says. I got toe up as a child. I didn't get spankings. I got toe up. So I had to pick my own switches and all that, okay? So that's the country whoopings. That's what I experienced as a child, okay? Or the whatever your parent could get their hand on. And yes, it did help make me into the woman that I am today. Um, but I do want to say that I, I believe the CPS site says you can spank on the bottom, if I'm not mistaken, and that is okay. But anything excessive or more than that is not okay. But when it comes to abuse, um, getting things that are not, I believe it says a belt. I don't, don't quote me on that. Do you recall what it says, Dr. Page? What CPS says now? Not right now, I don't. I do know that, of course, spanking on the bottom, I do believe that's there, but that's the only thing I can think of right that's now. That's all I can remember. So anything else, getting anything, um, a switch, that's not okay. A switch is not okay. Um, Grabbing some, I know we do the chonklas and all that, the little flip-flops, not supposed to do that. Um, I know I, I've heard a lot of parents say they, they have their children work out in order to discipline them, like have them do push-ups or wall sits. That's okay. That's working out. That's exercise. You just want to make sure that it's not excessive and you don't want them to have a negative mindset when it comes to exercise because you're using it as a form of punishment. But things like that are feasible. Other positive things you can do is um, set boundaries with your children. Dr. Page said choices. When you use specific verbiage with children, it helps them believe that they're a part of the process and that they're a part of the plan and they don't feel like you're just telling them everything. So it's if you choose to clean the kitchen, then you choose to get your allowance. If you choose not to do it, you choose not to get your allowance, right? If you choose to go to bed on time, then you choose to play with your tablet for 10 to 15 minutes before bed. If you choose not to, you choose to lose that privilege. So that's kind of like what it sounds like when it comes to making choices. You want to use that verbiage because it makes them feel like they have a choice and they're a part of the, con the conversation and a part of the process. Um, any other type of, I mean, it, abuse is so vast 
I've heard all kinds of stories. Um, I've heard stories of kids getting burned, um, having to take excessively hot baths. I've heard of kids having to do all kinds of things. That's not okay. It's not okay. None of that is okay. If you're not able to have a conversation with your child and set proper boundaries, then that's, that's a problem. And Child Protective Services will be contacted. And I want you to know, as um, Dr. Page and myself, I'm a counselor, and I work with domestic violence and sexual assault survivors. If any of that is reported, we're mandatory reporters, and we have to report that. So don't, don't get upset with clinicians and don't not take your children, but it's important to realize that there are certain things that are okay and certain things that are not. When a child is experiencing abuse at a young age, it does change their perspective. Trauma changes the way you perceive the world, yourself, yourself in the world, and others in the world. And they can take those things and those behaviors on with them in life. So when a child is being abused at home, there are different things you can look for. They may become withdrawn at school. Teachers and counselors pay attention to that. They may start acting out. Their grades may drop. They may lose their appetites. Um, they may start um, isolating themselves. There are a lot of different signs to look for. So it's also our responsibility to say something. So if you see something, say something because you could be helping a child that doesn't really feel like they have a voice or have the support to say something. Um, but I think that's about it. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Great information. And I know when you talk about abuse and trauma, trust me, I, and I want to I wanna say this, you saw me laughing or, you know, I was thinking as they were talking just different things. I even thought about that episode of Bernie Mac um, where he had, you know, he was having some discipline problems. Um, I, we're not here to tell you how to govern your house, but I will tell you this, um, in governing your house, you need to have a plan for governing it, right? And if you don't, most often you'll find yourself, you'll find yourself on the opposite side of the thing that you were planning to do because you didn't have a plan. You didn't have a strategy for it. And when you talk about abuse and trauma, there was never a time that I received any of those whoopings from my mom um, or whoever was disciplining me. And there was not one time that I thought they did, that they uh, did not love me. I knew it was out of love, a place that cared about me. I, I knew that without a doubt. Um, there may have been some whoopings I thought that were not warranted, but you, what you have to understand is, understand from a parental perspective and an adolescent or a child's perspective are going to always be different, right? And so I would, dare, I would dare not cross that line. But what I would do is, from a parental standpoint, when you whoop your children, however you decide to discipline them, I'm going to ask you to talk to them, have a conversation with them. So if you, if you are disciplining them, you tell them why. You figure out, it's on you to figure out how you deliver it, right? Um, I'm, I'm really proud to say as many whippings as I got. I think I got enough whippings for myself and all of my children combined. I didn't have to do very much whipping with my children. And I credit a lot of that to my wife. Um, it's great when you can have the model that God says. When you have both parents in the home, 
And, you know, she, she's cut from a different cloth than I am. And I believe putting those two cloths together, our kids benefited from it. But the times that I did have to discipline my kids and whoop them, I, I, man, I probably, they probably wanted to whoop it because I talked the way I talked to them and how I spoke to them. I wanted them to clearly understand like what's about to happen. This is why. And you have the power to change this part of the discipline. Like it's in your corner. And then obviously as they get older, they mature. So it's a maturity process. And because I did experience trauma, it wasn't stemmed from, um, it wasn't stemmed from the whoopings. It was from life. And because my mom was old school, she didn't take the time to explain the why. Like she talked to me while she was whipping me, right? Uh, I told you when you go to that school, go to class, sit in there and be quiet. Do not act a fool at school. And she used to tell me, we grew up, don't you embarrass this family name? If you embarrass this family name, I'm telling you, you're going to regret it. You going to regret it. And then she would tell me, you and your friends going to regret it. You can act, you can interview my friends. They'll tell my mom, she will roll up on them. But my point is this, like the trauma was from life. It wasn't from the whooping. So I wanted to, I wanted to have the conversation this way so we could look at it. Man, my heart was broken because my pops wasn't there. And then it was broken because not only was he not there, but he wouldn't even call him to check up on me. Okay, cool. As I got older, okay, all right. You okay, you don't want my mom no more? Okay, that's cool. I get I can I halfway understand relationships, but what about me? That's what the young boys are dealing with. Like, man, what about me? We over here struggling. Dude, you I mean, those are the things. So it's like, all right, you don't want to do nothing to help me. Well, man, forget you. You forgot me, so I'm going to forget you. That's trauma. Trauma is not, you know, in a car. If you ever been, and I've been in it, it's not a lovely sight. I was in a car wreck with my oldest daughter, and the airbags deployed. I was hit so hard with the airbag, it knocked me out. I don't know how long I was knocked out. All I know is when I came through, the ambulance was there taking me out the car. So however long that was, that's how hard the blunt force of that airbag hitting me in the face. That was trauma. It took my neck about two years before it got back. That's trauma. So when I talk about trauma and we're talking about abuse, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't experience that. The trauma was from life, right? And so we have to, when you talk about your mental health, like they said, you begin to blame you. What's wrong with me? Why you don't want me? Man, what did I do? You know, am I not worthy of time spent? So it's, that's my story, but your story may be different, but I want you to open it up and I want you to look into it. And then let's talk about it, right? See, I know I have two, I have two uh, friends on here. We're friends, right? Period. But I do know um, as it relates to mental health, I can call them and just, I can go in and I don't have to worry about, I can share whatever the trauma is that I'm dealing with. And so um, whether it's professionally, friend, whatever, I want you guys to look at it because remember, I don't, was it this podcast ladies or was it the last one where I was talking about when I got ready to marry my wife, I was standing there with those bags of trauma and pain and disappointment. The last one? It was the last, the last one. It was the last podcast, mm-hmm. right? She couldn't see that. 
she saw this fine Carmel brother. <laughs> okay, that's another podcast. But she couldn't see, she couldn't see the um that other stuff that I was carrying. So think about this. It's no different as a parent, your child can have those same type of bags and you don't see it because it's it's showing itself as something else. So um and here will you touch on I, I just thought about in my mind verbal abuse and things you say um, to your child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because thank you. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Um here we go. I'm gonna share. I, I have permission from my wife. So once again, like I said, man, you look up one day, you go through all of this stuff. It's never dealt with. Now you look up one day, now you have your own family. And the best part of me are the four people that I'm, that my three kids are my, that's the best part of me. Uh, all this other stuff is cool, whatever, but they the best part of me. That's the thing I love the most, right? So I have this family. And so watch this. They get the best of me because I didn't have my dad. I'm going to make sure I'm the what? I'm the best dad, right? I'm going to be there. I'm going to all these things. I'm going to pour that into them. But watch this. It's dysfunctional. I don't even know how to be a husband. I don't even know how to be a father. It's on the job training. So watch this. They're children. And when they grow up and it's time to discipline and do things because I don't know I'm having to learn. So one of the things, and I'm sharing this with somebody so it can help them. One of the things it manifests as I was a yeller. I'm yelling. Now I'm yelling because I'm frustrated with my own frustrations, but it comes out through discipline with them. They can tell you, I guarantee you, they can count the many times I've whipped them individually. They could tell you it, it ain't been a bunch of them, but that was, a, I was a yeller. I, I did not like that about me. And for the longest, I didn't even really understand it. I just knew that I didn't want to do it. Thank God for a wife. You, you have the balance. Like, Come on, honey. And you, I know you didn't even mean it that way, but you know, you hurt, you yelled at them, hurt them. That's in the few pops that you gave them. So you need to, so I was constantly having to have to break that down. But then one day I could see it, how it, how it um, affected my son. And that was like the crushing point for me. And I'm like, man, I'm this no more. Because what he did, he did it out of not even in his own control. And, you know, we learn as parents, you know, you have a bad day at work or the, the bank deal didn't go through or you didn't get the promotion and whatever you're dealing with stuff they can't even imagine yet. They just know I love my, pop. you know, it's totally different. But the crushing that happened in him, it was my breaking point. So what I have to do, right? I had now, mind you, I had already been through some therapy. They suggested more, but for whatever reason, I thought I was good. The therapy I got was good. So I didn't follow up on the other because she could tell, I mean, he could tell there were some other areas I need to work on. Now, and you watching, I'm in church. I know what God's words say about it, praying, all the other stuff. But yeah, I still have these issues. So what happened? How did I get over it? You want to know how I got over it? It took me being accountable to others, not just one, but others. And I had to submit to the accountability. And then I had to unlearn 
and then relearn. They'll tell you now it's so much better. But every once in a while, there is a temptation to just to do that. I'm just telling you. So in our family, as it relates to mental health, there are things that affect you in a way that you don't even know until the triggers. And so if you're a parent or if you're somebody dealing with somebody this, we have to be careful. The word, the Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. So we can build with it or we can uh, tear down with it. And you're either doing one one or the other, even if you don't mean to. So I want you to take time to think about the things that you say, how you say them. Man, that's like a classroom. And I'm going to be honest with you, it's a forever classroom that I'm always be in. Even now, I could be talking to my wife and I know what my heart means, but it come out a different way. And she's like, what in the world? So it's work. So that's a great point to pull out. You guys can definitely add to that because I think that's something we need to talk about. And I know we primarily talked, you know, about um, physical abuse, uh, you know, putting your hands on somebody. But, you know, there are different types of abuse. So, of course, you do have the verbal and that's what we're on right now. And I know there are some people that are like, well, you know, I'm not, you know, beating them down or anything like that. But I'm like, you're talking negative, you know, to your child. You're calling, your, you're calling them names, you're putting them down, you're cussing them out, you tell them they're, you know, dumb, stupid, you know, whatever. Um, I actually just had a situation probably maybe a month or two ago where I was in the store <clears throat> and there was a little girl and she, she may have been maybe two or three, you know, you know how kids are in the store, you know, they're grabbing, you know, whatever. And her mom just started cussing at her. And I'm sitting here like, this is a baby. This is a two or three year old child and you are cussing at her like she is a grown woman. And so, you know, I, you know, got angry, you know, I felt it. I'm like, okay, Stacy, you know, you, you got to say something. And so, you know, I just went over, you know, to the mom and I was like, oh, you know, are you okay? You know, cause I clearly saw, you know, she was angry, you know, frustrated. And then I could like see it in her eyes. Like she realized it like, oh no, you know, somebody just saw what I did. Well, yeah, I just saw what you did. Cause you know, right here in public in the store. So, you know, I just asked her, you know, if she was okay and everything. She's like, yeah, you know, just a little bit angry, you know, frustrated, you know, whatever. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, I did, you know, of course, you know, check on, you know, on the baby or whatever. I mean, she seemed to be fine, which I was like, apparently this child is used to that, you know, which she shouldn't be. Um, so, you know, I just, you know, talked to the mom, you know, and I was like, oh, you know, I'm sure, you know, everything will be all right, you know, just to calm her down. Uh, but that did just let me know that, you know, that is what she's doing, you know, to this child at home. And I'm like, she continues that this child, you know, is going to grow up, you know, with all of that. And like, you know, you were, you know, saying, Harry, that's, that's, you know, trauma. No, she didn't put her hands on her, but it's what she said. And I'm like, this is a two, you know, three-year-old child. So, so yeah, she's getting, you know, all that in her head. And if it, you know, keeps going, she's like, oh, you know, my mom doesn't love me. She cusses me out, you know, everything else. And then of course, you know, that just leads to, you know, mental health issues. So it isn't always, you know, just putting your hands, you know, on a child or anything like that. It is what you say to that child because they're taking, you know, all that in, they're like sponges. And they start believing that, you know, and so we need to make sure that we are, you know, speaking to our, you know, children and other people, you know, being uplifting, you know, being encouraging. If you do have to discipline, you know, that child, um, again, tell them why. So like when I grew up, my mom was a disciplinarian. You know, she was the one like, go get your switch, <laughs> go get the bell, go get the paddle that had my name on it, <laughs> all of that. Um, she was the one, you know, whatever she was like, you know, I'm going to, you know, whoop you or whatever. 
Now my dad, I can count the number of times my dad spanked me. That was twice in my entire life. My dad was like, oh, he was going to sit you down. He was like, pull up the stool, have a seat. And I think that probably hurt my feelings much worse, um, you know, than my mom spanking me because my dad was like, tell me what you did wrong. I'd tell him, you know, and then he'd say, what could you have done better? You know, then I'd tell him. And then he'd be like, you know, okay, you have to, you know, decide you can't just be, you know, out there doing it. So then, you know, he would always give me some, you know, little talk, you know, mixing in the life lessons, you know, and things like that. So we do have to, you know, build up, you know, our children and you discipline your child, you know, tell them why, you know, you are giving, you know, them that spanking or however it is, you know, you're choosing to discipline them and then building your child up. Like, you know, my mom would always say, you know, I'm spanking you because I love you. You know, she's like, I'd rather it, you know, me discipline you here at the house and get you right at the house versus you get out there in public and you do something that could ruin you for the rest of your life. And of course, you know, it was true. And my mom was like, nobody else is going to love me like you and your dad do. She's like, you know, the training does start at home. So that way, when your children are out there in public, you know, they're not, you know, having the issues, uh, you know, and getting caught up, you know, and everything else. Uh, but yeah, we do have to be really mindful of, you know, what we say to our children, because again, you know, their brains are growing and, you know, we want them to have, you know, good self-esteem. We want them, you know, to have confidence. We want to build them up and not tear them down. And we want to speak life into them. That's the main thing that I was thinking about when I was thinking about how we talk to our children. Um, when you curse at them, it's demeaning. It it belittles them. It decreases their self-esteem. And when they go out into the world, that's the energy that they're going to go out into the world with. So when you have daughters, you don't ever want the dad to talk down to her. She, your dad shouldn't curse at you. Your dad shouldn't call you out of your name. Neither should your mom. Because then any man who comes along can talk sweet to her. And then she's going to take that. And that's going to be all she wrote. So it's important that we sow the seeds of love, respect, light, and teaching them that this is how you teach people to treat you. This is how people are supposed to talk to you. This is how people are supposed to engage with you because you are worthy and you're worthy of love. You're worthy of respect. And it has a lot to do with respect. I know my pastor always says, um, I know the Bible says train up a child in the way that, that he should go and he will not depart from it. But the pastor says, we can't tell children, do as I say, not as I do. We have to be the example. So we can't expect our children to go out in the world and not use bad words. And all they hear is a plethora of foul language at home. So we have to be the example in the way that we talk to each other, in the way that we talk to and communicate with them. So I, that's why I thought that was so important because it just, I just, it popped in my head and you were talking. I was like, hurry up and say it before you forget. <laughs> So thank you so much for letting us touch on that last point. I appreciate that. Oh, that's that's the power of this team. Um, you know, we all have our different, <clears throat> there are different areas of it that, that that's really near and dear to our hearts that, you know, we, whether we walk through it or we've seen it, we know that this right here um, can be game changer for people. And man, I want to shout my mom out. I think even though there were some things I don't know if she knew to do or she just omitted to do, whichever, it doesn't matter to me. But the one thing I do appreciate about her 
in that traumatic situation of having to separate from my father, she ain't never, she never talked negatively about him. She never put him down. She didn't let nobody else talk negatively. She never put him down. Wouldn't let nobody put him down. She would always tell your daddy, man, he loved you, you his world. It may not seem like it, may not even feel like it, but I'm telling you what I know. Uh, I know you feel something totally different and never, no negativity. And for that, I'm so grateful because um, if it could have been, if it was flipped on the other side, I think about, I probably wouldn't never had a relationship with him in my adult life because I wouldn't have reached out to him. I wouldn't have wanted to have anything to do with him based off of what my mom would have told me. And it would have made my life even more traumatic. I, I know that for a fact. But me, my brother, and my sister, we were the better for that in how she dealt with it. Because I'm telling you, you know, when you go through a certain abuse and trauma, especially when it's from an individual, I'm telling you, you feel some type of way. And you have a right to. But I think when kids are involved, you have to be careful what you say, how you say it. And the person may be worthy <laughs> of, some, of some negative talk. But if you're wise in your delivery to them, because I know she was like, one day, you guys are going to have your own family, especially you. Yeah, I'm, something about the oldest kid, you get a different responsibility than the other kids. I always had that. She always put that responsibility on me, even as a young kid. But it was good for me. It helped shape me into the man that I am today. And so um, I just really appreciate that about her. And so when I look at it, there's so many pros and cons in it. I just at a point in life this, you know, the bad things that happen, I'm going I'm to use them as life lessons, right? And so, so what? You know, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm redeemed, right? I, I don't need anybody. I don't need a box of cookies. I don't, I don't need no reparations about my past. I don't need any of that. God said he's a father to the fatherless. So my life is good. But what I am going to do, I'm going to pay it forward. I'm going to help somebody else not go through the trauma that I went through. Right. It's cool. I can be the that's cool. You can use me. Listen to my story and learn from it. But I don't want you to experience it because um, when we had a week like we had last week, that many suicides in one week. You better know it's not a coincidence. You better know that it's a sign of the times. And people are crying out for help. The question is, and I'll end this podcast here, are we sensitive to the cries or do we even hear the cries? So um, <laughs> we can't squeeze it all in to these four episodes, but I think these four episodes have been really good to jumpstart and ignite some things. And I will say this, if you are finding yourself in need of help in any kind of way. Uh, the New Balance podcast first is a safe place. Um, there are some relationships that God has truly blessed me with. Um, I, I will connect you, but I will connect you with the responsibility. Um, the two ladies that are on the screen, they live very busy lives. Um, but in the profession, they're in it because they're passionate about it. And um, if there's something um, they can help you do, I'm, I'm guaranteeing they're going to try to help you. And even if they can't, they can point you in the, in the right direction. So um, ladies, this has been so incredible to me. Um, I've had so much fun being on here with you these last four weeks. Um, 
And I do believe, man, um, lives are going to be better because of this particular podcast series. You know, my mind playing tricks on me. Um, Do you realize, and I just thought about it when we were talking here now, think about this. We see mental health go all the way back to the beginning. You look at it with Cain and Abel. His mind played a trick on him about his brother. They both, they both, um, they both had a responsibility. One was negligent on his responsibility. The other one knocked his his responsibility out the park. The brother got jealous, and in his mind and in his heart, because he in your right mind, there's no way that I would think that way about my brother. There's no way we come from the same. We have the same mom, the same daddy. Like we're in the house together. How could I? How could I allow myself to feel that way and then act it out? I'm gonna tell you, there's something going on mentally there. Anyway, I won't touch it. I won't touch it. I won't touch it. But I'm all I'm saying is it's an age-old problem that's been around for a long time. And God knew it, but he put something in place to help us overcome it and have victory over it, man. New Balance Podcast, show some love for Ms. Naila Harrison and Dr. Stacy Page. Wow, this has been great. This has been so, so, so great. Um, I don't want it to end, but obviously it has to end. And um, we want you to go back, watch every episode. Um, listen, watch, subscribe, share it. You may know somebody this will be beneficial to. Hey, go to one of those platforms I talked about and share it with them. And um, if it if it'll bring some relief, man, definitely share it. Ladies, I want to thank you again. Um, I definitely thank you um, privately, but I want to thank you publicly. Um, this podcast would not be possible without you guys. It would be so boring with me on here just talking about it by myself. So you guys uh, definitely um, about a whole nother element. And I'm so eternally gratefully. Uh, eternal, eternally grateful to you um, for your labor of love. And we got to get out of here. As we always say, it's strength for today. Sustenance for tomorrow. That's what I'm talking about. It's your boy, your, your potential conditioner, H2O. We'll see you when we see you. We love you. Peace.